0: Hello, welcome to our episode of the Stevenson Center podcast. My name is Juan Zamripa, and I'm joined by Austin Moser. Hello. Today, you're going to be hearing about our experiences prior to the Stevenson Center, during the Stevenson Center, our um, current fellowship, and just how that fellowship is going, and how our life, our lives are going in DC. There you go. Austin, do you want to start us off today about telling us about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Austin Moser.
1: Uh, I'm originally from about 45 minutes west of D.C. Went to Virginia Tech for my undergrad, studied economics, Um, and yeah. What about you, Juan?
0: Um, I grew up in Rolling Meadows, Illinois. Um, I went to the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. I double majored in political science and economics. Um, I graduated in 2010. Nice. And then what did you do after school? Um, For the first four years, I worked at a bank um, as a supervisor, mostly like a retail bank where people go open up checking accounts, savings accounts, and stuff like that. How about you?
1: I became a ski bum in Colorado for a while uh, before I got to Peace Corps in Southern Africa in Lesotho.
0: How was your Peace Corps experience? It was pretty good. I
1: did HIV education mostly, uh, taught computers, coached basketball, Hung out in the mountains where it was freezing cold all the time. Uh, all those wonderful Peace Corps things that people talk about. Um, and you did Americorps?
0: Yeah, um, I actually did Americorps um, here in Arlington, Virginia, where I'm currently living during my fellowship. Um, and my Ameri- my position was as a was called the Emerging Leaders Program Facilitator and Robotics Coordinator. Um, so what that is is a it's a college access program that helps mostly Latino students and other immigrant youth. Um, you know, learn more about college. Um, find out what it takes to get through college. I um, mean, I also uh, mentored um, seniors in high school, like helping them apply to colleges, write their uh, admissions essays, uh, apply for scholarships, um, and just teach, you know, get them ready to go to college. Um, and then I also piloted a robotics program for middle school students, um, also mostly Latino students. Um, we played with Lego robots. Nice. So we followed this Cornell curriculum and did a bunch of little mini tasks. And at the end, we built this this maze to, make sure, to help them learn how to program, how to get their robots through.
1: Nice. Did you have a most rewarding part of it or like a favorite part of the um,
0: experience? Yeah, I think working one on one with um, the high school seniors, I worked with mostly male students. Um, a lot of the times, our sessions would be maybe like an hour to two hours, you know. When you spend an hour two hours with someone weekly um, helping them write essays especially you know personal essays um, you really get to know these students um, and it's really awesome one of the students i'm still in contact with um, and he's he's currently at virginia tech about to graduate um, and actually he just got his first job offer um, with an organization called MicroStrategy, strategy uh, and He's been paid very handsomely, <laughs> um, probably more than it will be made. Yeah, More than Stevenson so, gave you? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, yeah, I was very proud um, to have worked with a student like him and other students just like him. I would say that was probably my you know, favorite moments from my AmeriCorps experience. How about mm-hmm. you? How was Peace Corps? Um,
1: so kind of similar. I did, like I said, I kind of did a lot. I coached basketball, taught computers, worked at a health center, did some HIV outreach. Uh, my favorite was always teaching computers, um, just because it was very tangible how much work you were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, for most of the kids, they came from more rural areas into town where I was working. Uh, almost all of them, is their first time using a computer. So going through those first couple of weeks of teaching kids how to hold a mouse, teaching kids what a keyboard is, how to turn on the computer, all those incredible frustrations of how unintuitive mm-hmm. right-clicking is, you never would know. Um, but then by the end of the year, they were all mastering it and stopped mm-hmm. listening to anything I said because they are having too much fun playing on <laughs> the programs I taught them.
0: I would imagine. Yeah, oh,
1: really. which good and bad,
0: yeah. um,
1: especially because they all figured out how to download movies and
0: things. Kind um, of What kind of skills would you say you learned more professional skills versus, you know, um, that you think would translate into an office or possibly, you know, like something you, you took from th- that experience that you maybe you're applying to the fellowship or possibly just in the future.
1: Um, I'd say the big thing with P score is always flexibility and uh, I don't know exactly how to say it. I'll say ingenuity. Mm-hmm. You kind of never have the resources you need or the resources you want. Yeah. And you just figure out how to like, make your way around all these problems and constantly improvise what mm-hmm. you're doing to kind of reach your goal, as well as constantly hitting setbacks yeah. and then having to reset
0: a little bit. Yeah, I definitely would echo that. Um, working with the non-profit, nonprofit I did in Arlington, It was a very small staff. It was us three AmeriCorps, an ED, and a program director. And halfway through the year, the ED left. So it was just some, and actually the program director had just started just as as us AmeriCorps started. So she was brand new as well. So we kind of had to learn a lot of things on the fly. Definitely the flexibility was there and definitely not having enough resources. I know I, you know, try to teach myself basic um, Adobe Suite stuff like mm-hmm. Illustrator and uh, InDesign to kind of make more appealing flyers. Um, definitely we wanted to make some videos about the program, so we were using our phones as, mm-hmm. as video cameras and would use like the Windows, um, like the Windows video editor, which was, that gave me a lot of trouble the first time. It was, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely echo um, kind of being very flexible. Um, not having the res- all the resources um, that you want to you know make the program as best as you, f- you would like it to be, but you got flex- to be you have to be flexible and you know use some ingenuity and learn a bunch of random skills, get those grassroots
1: experiences
0: <laughs> definitely.
1: And so, how did you get from AmeriCorps to the Stevenson Center?
0: So after AmeriCorps, um, I actually stayed in the Washington D.C. area um, and I worked at a nonprofit called the Latin American New Center. So at that position, I was there for two years. I was a college count, kind of a college counselor um, for a scholarship program. So I worked with a caseload of about 30 students who were either just entering college um, or possibly been there for a year or two. Um, and the goal of the program was to kind of transition people from possibly a community college to the four-year university. So a lot of our participants were at community colleges and we're either undocumented or just first-generation students. So, the primary of my task was making sure that they're, you know, staying up with their grades, uh, making or, you know, or connecting them with resources if they needed to, you know, try to find extra money here and there for scholarships, help them pay for their, um, their education. So, I was there. For, I was there for two years, and then, <clears throat> you know, I actually found out about. I started kind of thinking about getting a master's, but not. I was always worried because it's very expensive, very yeah. very expensive. Yes. And then one summer, I got an email from AmeriCorps, and they were highlighting the Stevenson Center in um, their program. And I clicked through it and I read it, and I was like, "This looks pretty cool." Is you know, kind of more in that nonprofit um, sector, development sector. And they, I think the biggest one of the biggest selling points was definitely the pack, the financial aid package. Um, <clears throat> financial package was definitely something like oh okay wow I'm gonna really look at, in, into this now so you know I did more digging um, and found out you know but more about the economics program um, yeah I think that's that's probably one of the biggest things um, that drove me to the Stevens Center is both the, the the academic work and then also definitely that financial aid package nice I think I was in the same boat too mm-hmm.
1: coming back in Peace Corps no money, obviously. I was applying to grad school in Peace Corps without really planning <laughs> on going. Yeah. Um, so I was just like flipping through and I was like, oh, this grad school is good, but I don't have $60,000. <laughs> um, and then I stumbled across Stevenson and I was like, I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. like if I can get paid to go to grad school, I wouldn't mm-hmm. I? Oh, uh, yeah. So I still remember like sitting mm-hmm. in my house in Lesotho interviewing with, I think it wasn't Katie, it must have been Beverly mm-hmm. um, in the freezing cold. Mm-hmm like buying internet bundles in, like, in my terrible <laughs> yeah. little hut um, and getting in like having that really, I think kind of convinced me like, yeah, like great financial package. You can make it in normal Bloomington on mm. the $900 a month or whatever it yeah, was.
0: That, yeah, and, for me, yeah, it was either Stevenson Center or nothing. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. like Stevenson Center's financial package was so much better than any other schools. Like is that plus that um, guaranteed assistantship, that guaranteed stipend every month um, as a grad student. I like that, and plus it gives you more experience. Um, and then when I, you know, read through the description online, there was a lot of it kind of describe what students would be doing as the in the assistantship, um, you know, being a an assistant to professor or working in data analysis, which was also was a big factor. Like I really wanted to work with um, the data, in which I ended up working with. Yeah, uh, do you want to talk about working with Dr. Beck last year? Sure. Yeah. Um. So myself. And Austin worked with Dr. Beck last year for the CJCC, um, the coordinating count, the council. What was it called again? Criminal Justice I Coordinating Council. Yes. Got the get that J down. I I always forget the J <laughs> or mess up the C's. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that was a great experience and introduction to um, big data analysis, um, which is something you know I was very interested in. Uh, it was a it was def, you know probably the best hands-on experience during my year there i'm not only going through the data but also presenting to some big people in the county like Mm -hmm. the the justices the the judges um the sheriffs who else was on the council uh public defenders
1: public defenders the probation the woman in charge of probation was there Mm Yeah, kind of everyone who was high up in McLean County's criminal justice system yeah, so, and sat in and listened to us talk.
0: Um, I think not only knowing how to do the data analysis, but also kind of presenting it to people that might not you know, know as much as us was definitely, I think, a skill that... Um, much smarter in criminal justice. But yeah. we, we knew data and they did not. Yeah, so and, being able to communicate that um, in more, I guess, layman's terms, but you know, just an easy, understandable, digestible way Um, Is also a skill that, you know, people are are continuously saying um, once really like, oh, you should be able to explain your data very well. Yeah. How's your um, you want to talk a little bit about your fellowship and what you're doing there? Uh, So right now I'm at the
1: Housing Assistance Council in D.C., and they focus in rural housing. Uh, They're a national intermediary. so they kind of help out all these smaller rural housing groups all over the country. They work pretty closely with USDA. They work really closely with HUD. Uh, next week is our big um, rural conference. housing conference. Yes, thank you. forgot mm-hmm. the word for a second. Uh, which is pretty exciting because there's 600 people from, I think, all 50 states now. Oh, wow. We're going to have Federal um, Fed Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell speaking, uh, Ben Carson speaking from HUD, and then we have Senator Cortez Masto from New Mexico and uh, Maxine Waters from California are all speaking. Um, so it's a pretty big event and it's pretty yeah. exciting. But it's it's particularly exciting for me because I get to meet all these people that I've been like sending data to and answering yeah. phone calls mm-hmm. with. Um, and what about you? How's, how's CBA?
0: Um, so yeah, I'm with CBA, um, which stands for Credit Builders Alliance. So, C- so CBA is a national organization. Um, they like to call themselves the bridge between nonprofits that are doing lending, like specific kind of loans, and the credit reporting agencies. So there are a lot of smaller nonprofits and CDFIs across the country that um, want to make loans to help their, um, you know, their, their clients move from poverty to, you know, middle class or wherever else. They just want to be, they want to lend this money to help them, you know, develop their lives. But a lot of the times these nonprofits that want to make these loans, they can't actually report them to credit bureau um, like Experian or TransUnion. So what CBA acts as like an intermediary where that we're able to bundle all these loans together and then report it to an Experian or TransUnion um, so that um, once a client pulled their credit report, you know, they have proven that they could pay that payback loans and then eventually they could go to a, uh, you know, a bigger mainstream bank, like a Bank of America, Chase, and get um, you know, a mortgage or a car loan with pretty good rates. Because um, usually if you don't have good credit, you're gonna get like humongous rates, um, not very good terms. And you, know, you kind of get shut off from that, like being able to buy a home, buy a car, you know, markers of a middle-class life. So with them, you know, I've been helping them with their data collection, um, strategy. Um, they have a database on their Salesforce, but they're not doing as much as they want or collecting what they feel is enough data. So I'm kind of going through that, revising it and see, you know, revising how they collect their data and hopefully, you know, be able to help their clients, um, the organization that partner with CBA and help their clients out eventually.
1: Nice. And so what's a typical day for you? Go to the office at nine?
0: Yeah. Work on Excel um, of the
1: day? Get meetings. on the Metro. Metro. Um, the, me-
0: the very overcrowded metro.
1: It's running at half pace right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, which is not great. Not <laughs> it's great. annoying. Um, so yeah, I, I ride the metro in um, to Farragut West, which is right, pretty much right down the street from the White House. I could see the um, Washington Monument from our office, nice. which is pretty cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do that. You know, I have a weekly phone call on Monday mornings with my supervisor. We talk about what I did the previous week when I plan on working on this week, from there, just go on my day and, you know, do all the tasks I need to complete to accomplish bigger goals. It's a pretty okay. variable workload week to week. Or? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, it's, yeah, I have some more longer term projects. So <clears throat> for the most part, then some little side projects, but ultimately, like everything's more long term. So Nice.
1: And do you have any particular skills you feel like you've picked up? Uh, we've been <coughs> in five months now. Yeah. So coming um, up on the halfway mark.
0: Definitely working with Salesforce is a big database that a lot of nonprofits across the country work with. It's also um, private organizations work with. So I think learning how to use Salesforce has probably been one of the biggest skills that I've picked up so far.
1: I've just started using that a little bit at my nonprofit. I'll I'm that. not great at it, but I have it like a little yeah. bit down. I probably not as much as you. And yeah, uh, you, what's next for you? you do you you ever determine what your final capstone idea is?
0: So yeah, um, for my capstone, I am working with the, the nonprofit that I did my AmeriCorps with. Um, I'm going to kind of be evaluating their program. Pretty much, my question is: Is their program um, having a significant effect on college enrollment for their participants? Yes. Nice. So, right now, I'm going through that cleaning their data. there's are some very small organizations, so they have a bunch of Excel spreadsheets all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> working on cleaning all that up, and hopefully, it'll be done by end of May. Cool. How about yeah. no, you? I know you finished your capstone.
1: Yes, I finished mm-hmm. my capstone on USAID spending. Uh, I got to present via Skype to the Stevenson Center. So it's nice to have that a little bit off my plate. Um, and now I have to look into whether or not I want to attempt to publish it with Dr. Mm-hmm. Mohammadi. But we'll, we'll see. Gotcha. Uh, that's kind of far away.
0: And any plans post-fellowship? Uh, no,
1: So, but it's nice because we're going to have Masters, mm-hmm. DC experience have like six months to network around D.C., get yeah, to know people normal. and of course we will still have our health insurance till April yeah. or um, August. August, that's what I meant <laughs> the other day, so it's not a huge rush.
0: Awesome.
1: What about you? Have you thought about um, post-master's degree?
0: Yeah, I know CBA has talked to me about my interest of possibly staying on, so that's a possibility um, and possibly just working in a nonprofit profit sector with data analysis, so Leaning towards more data analysis and nonprofit profit sector.
1: Sticking the data.
0: Yeah. Data's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's fun putting it together. That seems like the common thread here. (laughs) Playing with data is fun. It is really fun. (laughs) Um, I think that's all the time we have for today, Austin. Um, Any closing comments or pieces of advice for future Stevenson fellows? Uh,
1: No. (laughs) No. I have nothing... um, Nothing super insightful to say, <laughs> other than I think Stevenson was a pretty good deal for both of us. Yeah, I, I think, think we're both. So. Obviously we don't know the final product, but um, I think we're both set up pretty well. Yeah, I think. Moving into the future.
0: Yeah, I think definitely we were exposed to, um, exposed to a lot of new skills, specific data analysis, through our experiences, and I think that's gonna really help us. Okay.
1: Do you have any other insightful
0: comments? Um, definitely be open to exploring different fields within the nonprofit sector and different organizations. Um, is something that I've come across from CBA. There's so many different organizations that are doing work. That's pretty awesome. So just, you know, doing simple Google searches on things you're very passionate about trying to find those organizations.
1: There you go. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Thank you for joining us. Um, Hopefully this podcast was helpful. If anything.
1: (laughs) If nothing else, you'll know at least a little bit what we went through. All right. Thank you.